Stephen King once wrote that nightmares exist outside of logic, and there's little fun to be had in explanations. They're antithetical to the poetry of fear. In a horror story, the victim keeps asking why, but there can be no explanation, and there shouldn't be one. The unanswered mystery is what stays with us the longest, and it's what we'll remember in the end. My name is Alan Wake. I'm a writer. Hello, and welcome to the first ever TA Playlist Podcast. I am one of your three hosts for this and hopefully every month. My name is Mark, a.k.a. Not Penny's Boat on TrueAchievements.com. Joining me, I have the Dark Knight himself, Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Will. Hi, guys. How's everything? And also, we have the guy who killed JRPGs, Kevin, a.k.a. Yuri Dave. <laughs> I, I just reported the news, that's all. <laughs> She's the messenger. I, I think with this being the first month, everyone... From True Achievements certainly knows what Playlist is. If you're just joining us for the first time, it is a monthly game club that we're doing with the True Achievements community uh, where we get together and play a game for a whole month and then we dissect it on this show with feedback. So if you're not already signed up on TA, go check that out. But more than likely, all of you listening are already deep into the forums like we are. This is our first show and the community last month voted that they wanted to play Alan Wake, even if I was the only one among the three of us that agreed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Somebody had to. <laughs> yeah, that actually, spoiler for later, I, I've picked both winners so far. But um, I, I, I've managed to pick the losers uh, <laughs> by calling them winners. Yeah, they... <laughs> They just like fail disastrously. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of tough to predict. I, I I always sense that this community, the TA community, had a strong love affair with Alan Wake. I, I was pretty sure it wasn't just me because another spoiler, I really like this game, <laughs> which we'll get into a lot more. But uh, and yeah, it, it, it proved to be somewhat true, I guess, after like almost 4000 votes. This one won handily. And Jeez, here we, are. we had 4000 Nearly, yeah. I think thirty six hundred. Pretty, pretty good first month. People, people are excited. I'm excited. Are you guys excited? I am excited, of course. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm. I, I want to see how this is going to go. Will is skeptical. It's gonna. It's gonna go really well. Uh, Will's that guy that's just there. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone doesn't know what Alan Wake is, it came out in 2010. It was developed by Remedy, a famously Finnish studio. Um, I always call them lovable weirdos. A lot of their games have a certain quirk to them that I think only Finland can provide. It was published by Microsoft as a first-party exclusive, um, or I guess second-party, you could say. They don't own Remedy. Second-party exclusive on the 360 back in 2010. It actually came out on the same day, tragically for them, as Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> yeah, terrible, terrible timing. <laughs> do, you guys, uh, do you guys want to talk at all about when you first played it? Because I don't think it was then, was it? <laughs> I, uh, I spent 2010 not playing video games other than like league of legends or maybe okay. wow or both Dweeb. so i know for a fact i did not know that this game existed one yeah. and i couldn't have told you that red dead redemption came out on any day either so anyway mm. i played it for the first time this month and really i played it for the first time like yesterday so <laughs> <laughs> so it's fresh in my mind but i have heard about it and i did enjoy quantum break from remedy so I had high expectations coming into this. Everyone seems to really like it. So mm -hmm. I was I was very hopeful. 
this is where the community hates me automatically. <laughs> because back in 2010, I did not own an Xbox 360. In fact, I became a Sony pony. I hadn't, like, I've seen it in, like, GameStops and local stores, but it was like, what the hell is a guy with a flashlight? I don't know. What's going on in Xbox? I yeah, gave up. But, uh, no, I, I, I knew about it. I haven't played it. Uh, the first time I really played it was earlier this year in July. I played it for about five minutes, and yeah, I played it for five minutes. And I don't know why I played it, but I did, and I got like the achievement just for picking up, I think, like a couple of the collectibles. I don't even know, but yeah, my first time with it was literally just to get an achievement. So that that says a lot within itself. Mm. With this play around, I only played it on normal on the normal difficulty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully there'll be no judgment because I feel like people already assume I'm new. I'm a noob, so let's just. Hopefully it's not that. That's not the it's, case. It's it's all about how you present yourself. You should have just said you played on Nightmare, and <laughs> no one would have been the wiser. For me, I first played it. Uh, I actually did buy it on release. I I didn't know who. Well, I guess I knew who Remedy was, but I didn't even put two and two together because I I really liked Max Payne back in the day, um, and they did that as well. And yeah, what what drove me to buy it on the on the day of release even though red dead was out the same day was a few things one that was sort of when i maybe a few years prior to that by 2010 i was i was going to youtube a lot for game trailers and those sorts of things and i really liked the look of the game i'm a big fan of silent hill i could see that this wasn't exactly like silent hill um it's not even really very much like it at all in retrospect now that i've played it but there was enough there that that interested me and then i don't know if anyone else remembers there was also a, a live action prequel series uh, released only through the Xbox 360 dashboard in the months and weeks leading up to the release. And it was, you know, it was obviously very Twin Peaksy. Like we'll get into the, the game itself is inspired heavily from Twin Peaks. And it just it just had a weird feel and it was totally at my alley. So I, I bought the game for $60 the day Red Dead Redemption came out, which was really weird because I also love Rockstar. It's going to be pretty obvious that I, I, I probably like this game the most out of all of us, but uh, we can get into that step by step i have a quick question did you buy quantum break uh, i reviewed quantum break so i got it for zero dollars uh, <laughs> never mind that's but, about the gold you must be disappointed because i got it for free just for pre-ordering quantum break oh right yeah <laughs> well I, yeah i spun that around on you then <laughs> but uh what is this i guess i have a small confession to make i thought maybe you could write here that a change of scenery would get you past Damn, alice you everyone hey keeps- hey hey just hear me out There's a local doctor, Dr. Hartman. I read a book of his. He has a private clinic here. He specializes in helping artists. So now you want to get me committed? No, it's not like that. That's not... Alan? Alan? Don't, just don't. I don't want to hear it. God damn it, Alice. Uh, if anyone's familiar with Remedy, you know, Max Payne, Alan Wake, Quantum Break, those are their their, their three main tentpole series. They've done a few other smaller things with more on the way, but... uh, I would say the one thing that that bridges all of those together is story. They're they're narrative narrative driven studio, so that seems like a good place to start. It's kind of hard to start anywhere with this game because it's so bizarre, as I think you guys will agree. Um, I thought it was a uh, was a very interesting concept, mm-hmm. and trying to find the positive will, things I see. <laughs> uh, no, I. I, I enjoyed it for what it was, and definitely I haven't seen Twin Peaks, but I've heard about it, so mm-hmm. I I didn't really get that I, I didn't really get that Twin Peak vibe, but 
you know, there's there's vibes from other things. Like I know I saw you said earlier that Lost was an inspiration for it as well, and I can definitely see those vibes. I do really enjoy Lost. Obviously, you do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I don't want to get too much into that, but Lost is, has a lot of mystery and. You know, that's one of the focal points of the that entire show. And Alan Wake does the same thing in kind of the same way. You know, I, I like that part of it. Yeah, the, the way they describe it, because I've actually interviewed on True Achievements, I've interviewed the, the writer of the game twice now. And the first time I spoke to him, I asked about those influences. And he, he said the, the Twin Peaks influences, they're, they're much more obvious, I guess, because if, if you know the show, like, unfortunately, you don't. <laughs> it they, they actually took not really took things directly from it, but like the diner looks a lot like the diner in Twin Peaks. Um, in, in, Alan, in Alan Wake, it's called the Oh Dear Diner. I forget what it's called in Twin Peaks, but the interior is very much the same. Um, the police station is is nearly identical. Little things like that. And then in, in, in Twin Peaks, there's also a what is it? The log lady. It's a, it's this older woman who carries around a log because David Lynch is really weird. Um, and in Alan Wake, it, it's, you know, we have the lady of the light, they call her or the, the, the lamp lady. Um, was it Cynthia Weaver whom we meet well early and then again, much later in the game, but yeah. And then the, the lost influencers are more, like you said, the, the sort of pacing of it, the dangling, cliffhangers like episode by episode they kind of keep you coming back even this you know this game came out before the telltale format kind of rewrote the episodic format but i actually did even though they're all on disc i played all six episodes like one at a time in in separate sittings i think over the course of a week when i when i first bought it or maybe 10 10 10 or so days and it, it i think it holds up really well in that regard i know you guys were left maybe a bit confused by the story. I have the benefit of playing it several times over and like being on the forums a lot over the past half decade plus. Yeah, I, I guess that's it. I just wanted to comment on the... <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to say that, you know, you're right, obviously I love Lost and Alan Wake, it, it does have that same sort of flavor and I think it works really, really well for this game. Yeah, and as far as the episodic flavor goes and, you know, the way it was structured, you're right that in modern times i guess that kind of thing is generally more acceptable back in 2010 episodic games didn't really exist Mm -hmm. or they might maybe they just didn't exist and so you know this was definitely different and obviously i binge watched binge played (laughs) five of the episodes last night but my original goal had been through to play you know one episode a night and i did play the first episode and you know pacing wise i think that would have been really really good the game's clearly designed for you to do that since it you know gives you the previously on at the beginning of each one i thought that was a really neat thing to do and it really really worked for the type of story that they wanted to tell well how do you like the story (laughs) i i think i think i think we cover the spectrum um with like liking this loving it and well loving it liking it and maybe disliking it or hating it. I think, I think Will's going to come down pretty hard on Alan Wake in this episode. Uh, it's hard to explain because like what you guys are referring to where you we're talking about the episodic content and how it came out the way it did. Like, I actually appreciated that. Maybe because I'm used to the Telltale format. Right. Um, yeah, you love Telltale. But, yeah, and Kevin hates it, which makes me automatically hate him. But <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just something that I'm accustomed to. But it felt like, at, at least in the beginning... It dragged on a little bit for me. So when I got a break 
you know, like I actually got through the first episode. I was like, all right, this is a break for me. I need to sit down and play something else simply just because of the fact that I kind of had vibes or like I had a general idea of what was going on. Mm-hmm. And granted, I can't say that for the ending. That's yeah. a whole different <laughs> yeah, <ball> game. Yeah. <laughs> but I had like a general idea of like, okay, well, we're heading in this type of direction. So let me tell you, if this would have came out the way it did in 2010, Without the actual theme, I probably would have never played the game past the first episode. And that that's just the God honest truth. Mm. The first episode didn't hook me enough. You know what I mean? There was just certain things, and I guess we'll get deeper into it, that just kind of threw me off. And maybe it's because, and when you guys were referring to like Lost and Twin Peaks, like I don't have experience in there. I'm aware of it because of my older sister. But also keep in mind, in 2010, I was a younger lad. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Just keep in mind. I'm really trying to think. 2010. It was seven years ago. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. That was about no. It was about 16, 17. I was at that point, and I just I didn't. I wasn't worried about that. I was, I was an idiot, you know. So it just it, for me, like Twin Peaks and Lost didn't catch my eye. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it nowadays, but Alan Wake definitely didn't push me in terms of like, yeah, let's add this to a binge watch session. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, on that note, um, we actually have a, uh, a relevant comment from the forums. Hawkeye Barry 20, uh, he checked in at, at the conclusion of the first episode, which is sort of what we were just talking about. He said, with all these twists from episode one, I feel like this could be a TV show kind of like Lost. I, I think this was before the conversation got on that point. So I, I think maybe he didn't even know, which is, which is funny that he hit the nail on the head with that. But uh, he said, there's a lot of mystery. New things pop up and you don't know what's real. Re- he's really enjoying the story, but I'm getting wrecked in the combat. Luckily, it's not a big deal if you die, hoping the rest is just as good. Um, I don't know if he ever checked in with us again later, but he he liked the first episode. I think the first episode does a great job of leaving on that cliffhanger. You know, Sheriff Breaker arrives at the gas station. She brings you back to the cabin where you're like, hurry, hurry. You know, my wife is drowning or missing or something weird's going on. And then suddenly there is no cabin. And it just translates so well to TV. It's, it's, it's funny to me that it's a video game that's formatted like a television show about a novelist. So it's 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 kind of all over the place. I, I don't know. I just thought if if they're going to crib that format, at least they totally nailed it. And I that's that's one of my favorite things about it. And I, th- I think that's where a lot of people's affection for the game comes from is, you know, the previously on Alan Wake and like all, all that sort of stuff. Like before Telltale, games weren't really doing that. And I don't know, it's just kind of it's kind of cool to see in like the Netflix era that we now live in that Alan Wake was kind of ahead of the curve in, in those terms. When you say it like that, as a fan of television I could see where I would want to watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, it seems less filler-y. The whole concept of me, like you have to go through the trails and all the darkness and whatnot like that. That to me, ironically, felt like filler in terms of story progression because there was not like major key moments that broke like a heavy cutscene. You know True. what I mean? Yeah. No, you have you have a great point that if this was a TV show, those, those parts of it would be much shorter. You know, we'd have, we'd have a few set piece moments, but we wouldn't have you know, 40 minutes of just running through the woods, like battling Taken periodically. You know, if I don't know if they never mentioned, I don't think they mentioned the game, but the enemies are called the Taken because they've been like claimed by the Dark Presence. It's sort of a, an extracurricular uh, thing that I happen to know. But <laughs> I know what you mean that that's sort of like the gamified version of what the show might have been if it, if it was a show. And actually, there's something to report on that, uh, but I'll save it. I'll save it for later, but we can come back to that as well. Yeah, I will say that that actually ties into the thing I liked least about the game, which is the pacing. As far as the mystery goes and the overall length, I think it it works fine and it 
tells the story concisely enough, but the gameplay sections are way, way too long of just walking mm. through the forest or wherever you are. It's just, it just feels like it drags. And the whole time I was playing them, and we'll talk about combat later, but the whole time I was playing them it was wishing that they would end so that I could get back to the story <laughs> because I enjoyed the story and I wanted to know where this mystery was going, but I didn't enjoy getting there. And so the hmm. pacing didn't really work for me as a video game uh, simply because it wasn't, you know, constantly interesting. Yeah, that's that's interesting, though, that you say that, because I don't know if you guys know this. Again, this is something else I know because I'm a nerd for this game. But uh, it was originally billed as an open world title and Remedy scaled Ah. it back considerably, maybe behind the scenes for some budgetary reasons. Publicly, what their reasoning is, is that they say they couldn't tell the story they wanted to tell with this weird pacing that an open world game makes. You know, if say it was like Alan Wake in in the sort of Ubisoftian world that Kevin loves so much, where there's like a million things to do. Like you, you wouldn't really get maybe if, if the story's not tight enough for you now, Kevin, just imagine how it would be if it was in like an Assassin's Creed like world, you know, because apparently that was their original idea and they, they scaled it down just to to sort of tighten it up and give us a, a more like TV like version of itself. I'm, sh- I'm sure that would have been terrible because uh, <laughs> Ubisoft games are not played for their story, hopefully by many people. And so, <laughs> I play Ubisoft games for the gameplay. You know, that's totally different and here it absolutely should not have been a uh an open world game so it's, yeah, it's good yeah, it wasn't for whatever reason i'm glad they got a little less money for development i guess because <laughs> i think the game is better off for it and <laughs> speaking of speaking of getting money um how did you guys feel if, if i don't know if you thought they were as blatant as i did but there was a ton of in-game advertising in this game so much so that even one of the achievements is tied directly to just watching watching a verizon commercial <laughs> which is i think unprecedented in games did you guys pop that achievement i probably i don't remember it it's, is that the it's in episode one so i think it's episode four when you're escaping the clinic at one point before you go down this corridor where some of the poltergeist items are throwing themselves at you you can turn on a tv like you do throughout the game to like watch yourself go crazy or watch all the night springs episodes that will definitely hit on because those are amazing uh one of the tvs is is neither of those things and instead it's i think it's one or maybe two just 30 second ad spots and there's there's no twist to them it's not like like the dark presence has taken over Verizon or anything. It's literally just commercials. And it's not just that though. Like when you pick up the batteries, the batteries say energizer, um, not, not right. on the HUD, but, but it is an energizer, like battery pack, like on the label, if you look closely. Yeah. They're called energizer batteries. Don't just say batteries. We need to be proper here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it, couple of the daytime segments when you're you know they're they're few and far between but those moments of respite where you get to just drive around the day knowing that you're relatively safe from the taken unless you happen into a, a large shadow there's like just a more blatant dad i think it was mostly just verizon and energizer but also a car company whichever car alan drives in on the ferry at the beginning that car was like a there's lexus or an Ford, infinity or no, something fords and lincoln's those oh, are yeah, the cars yeah, yeah, yeah. like Which, every car is a ford or a lincoln they really like their american-made <laughs> yeah. cars in oregon and yeah. uh According to lore, it's actually uh, Washington, but not, Bright Falls doesn't exist. But <laughs> okay, it, okay. Let oh me. man, I was gonna blend trip. Pacific Northwest. <laughs> then they love their Fords yeah, yeah. and their Lincolns. Which I can tell you, as a resident, is untrue. We we here, and not myself included, but uh, pretty much all of my neighbors and and city mates love uh, Subarus. Or just, or more, more than that, just, just bicycling to work because it's green. He just broke your stereotype, Kevin. How do you feel? Uh, it's not his. It's, 
It's apparently remedies. That's <laughs> remedies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More than that, it, even it's probably Microsoft's because they probably cut the deal. I would think to to help uh, to help get the game going as as the publisher. But did yeah, I don't know. I guess I shouldn't just talk about those exclusively. Did did you guys? find those annoying or distracting at all. Some people don't even notice, which is weird to me because there's, there's a Verizon one at the end that's like right in your face. But Yeah, I noticed the Verizon billboard. I did not notice, and I noticed the Ener- Energizer battery packs when you, because, mm-hmm. you know, just looking at them, I said, oh, look, that's Energizer. But I didn't mind them. And I saw some people, you know, talking about how that kind of made it feel more real and connected to reality and you know it kind of did none of it was really in your face Uh, i mean i'm sure some people disagree with that but i didn't feel like it was in your face and i i mostly just glossed over them so you know it just it just seemed like something that i would expect to see on the side of the road or you know picking up a battery pack it's gonna have a label it's just what you expect so no I, i didn't really have a problem with it none of them were extremely pressing and now that you mentioned the tv add in more detail i do remember it but i just kind of walked by it uh you know <laughs> continuing on the story so i'm not gonna watch an ad and just <laughs> just continue it on just like anybody it's, normally would <laughs> yeah it's, it is in the worst possible spot though because it's it's when the action's really ramping up and suddenly we just take like 30 or 60 seconds to to watch a couple ads like like in, in my real life i deliberate I, I hate ads so much i just hate advertising culture I, I know it's impossible to avoid they're even destroying youtube now like even in my real life i'll deliberately like turn away from ads or mute them just in my own brain not to give them the satisfaction that I've I've viewed their ad and then here I'm praising one of my favorite games ever and it's littered with advertising yeah I guess I didn't find it annoying I did was noticeable arguably even distracting depending on how terrible of a term you think that is but I think more so like you I kind of just shrugged them off and went on with it but I think it does kind of take a little bit away from the experience i guess <laughs> it's natural though because if you think about it, 85 to 90 percent of the game is in the damn dark <laughs> so you're not really paying attention yeah. to all that you yeah. know what i mean the main thing you're focusing on is like i did notice it like subtly when we went on the ferry and i don't remember if it was the phone or something oh, that yeah. was in the car i can't yeah, remember it off up. the top of my head but i remember seeing that and i was like who paid for that and then i did remember seeing the verizon ones and i was like well come on like the energizer one i didn't really matter because 85 percent of the time and that's apparently going to be my number for statistics today um 85 percent of the time i'm dodging literally majority of the time i'm like trying to pick up a battery and then i got somebody flinging a damn hammer at me or something i'm like oh all right so i'm not paying attention to the energizer one but no i i remember seeing the verizon one a couple times i think it did annoy me because of the fact that I, i always appreciate that little small thing like when they actually make up fake ads and it's so outrageous. I know this has no connection, but if you ever see play Grand Theft Auto 5, you see like oh, their yeah, crazy yeah. ads. I love seeing stuff like that because it's like they took the time. Someone sat down and made this just to make it the mm-hmm. world more realistic. So I, I guess I appreciate stuff like that. It wasn't make yeah. a break for me. It was just a little bit like, why the <laughs> hell is that there? And the fact that there's an achievement about it is a little annoying to me. So Remedy, you got one X right now. But the family feud you. Oh, God. Steve Harvey, everybody. <laughs> I think now would be a really good time to, uh, by the way, get a word from our sponsor in here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Brought to you by Verizon. <laughs> True achievements. <laughs> Said pay for a pro account and you don't have to see our announcements. <laughs> announcements. Oh, I can speak English. <laughs> Which I would like to take one cent off of every purchase. <laughs> I, I do want to dive more into story because it's just so weird and it goes to so many places. I, I had a, a lot of fun in our Discord 
chat, listening to you or reading you guys' theories as you played, because I think ultimately you both got nothing right. But I was pretty good about keeping tight-lipped, and it was, it was just fun for me to, like, I, don't, I was kind of reliving it through your eyes, because this this was, I've played this game now several times over, and you can only play it once. And, and with all just all those mysteries, and it seems like every episode just, like, piles on. You know, like, at the end of, what is it, episode two, I think, Kevin had some ideas about, like, oh, I think the, the kidnapper is, is Thomas Zane, and I, and I think he's jealous, and this and that. And I was like, hmm, okay, we'll see. But like, <laughs> sound like a good episode of Mario. You know, I knew that. <laughs> <Jesus>. Sorry, <laughs> I'll keep my commentary to the minimum. Let's cut the act now. Where's my wife? I knew you were going to say that. I read it all before. You're a hell of a writer. Congratulations. You're going to bring about something glorious and terrible once we get you some uh, proper editorial control. What the hell are you talking about? Where's Alice? I want the entire manuscript, or she's gonna suffer bad. You touch her all. We have another uh, from, from the community, Praise the Sun, regarding some some story feedback. Said the story's really pulling me in already. This is the first time in a while I've actually been fully focused on a game instead of skipping cutscenes or listening to podcasts or watching YouTube while just grinding out achievements. And I'm loving slowly trying to piece together what's going on even in these early parts of the game. So that was another early one. Hopefully these people ended up liking the whole thing. <laughs> I want to hear their theories at this point. Well, I, I just, I'm just wondering, like, as it transpired, like, how did you guys get along with that? I, I you know, like I said, you both had some pretty incorrect theories, but <laughs> did did it all sort of... I, wait, what theory was it correct? <laughs> I need to figure this out. <laughs> we can, I can't wait to the ending. <laughs> Don't fast forward. Stay on the damn podcast. <laughs> well, like I said earlier, I like the pacing of it, and I felt like I was constantly interested in finding out what was going to happen next, just like Praise the Sun. I mean, his thoughts really described mine as well. You know, while I was playing through it all at once, I didn't get a lot of time to, you know, really sit around and think about it. You know, the developers probably intended you to do. You know, I was always moving forward, looking to find out, you know, what's going on. All right, good. I get to go to this place now. I get to find out about these characters and new mysteries would pop up. Old ones would get solved. You know, I was captivated by it the entire time. So as, you know, a storytelling experience, I thought it was really, really good. And I, I thought it moved along well. It didn't rely on its ending or its beginning. I thought it was consistently good throughout the entire thing. Aren't you someone that skips cutscenes often? If you think this, the game, I think you've said before, basically, where if the game doesn't care about its story, then neither will you. Is that kind of your take? <laughs> yeah, and uh, usually games don't care about their stories. You know, if I'm yeah. if I'm reviewing something, I'll watch them because I feel like I'm supposed to. And yeah, <laughs> obviously for this, I would watch it even if I thought that. But if I just picked up a random game, what like Darksiders next month, I'll, I'm gonna watch those cutscenes. If Spoiler. I wasn't, if I, if I, if I, if I wasn't Can't watching, if, if I wasn't doing it for the playlist next month, I can 100% guarantee you I would not even know what the main character's name was because I just wouldn't care. I'm probably and, not going to know myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, no, like this was, I come into certain games with certain expectations. So I wasn't necessarily caught by surprise that I thought this was a good story. Like I said, I already thought Quantum Break was really good. I I watched all of those cutscenes and the little movies and everything. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of hoping for the same thing here, and I felt like that's what I got. So I was very happy with it. Will, did you think it was 
coherent in the end did it all without diving too much into the specifics like as it transpired over the course of six episodes aka levels <laughs> did you think it made sense even even though you know as it's trying to confuse you anyways that's that's quite deliberate but does it still like come together do you think or i feel like it did in a sense you know there's parts where i was a little bit concerned in terms of writing because uh it just felt like they wanted to go so many directions or unless they try to throw me off. They did damn a hell of a good job because it was just parts where it's like, I don't know. It felt like it's not concisive or direct writing. And maybe that's just me trying to analyze it from that perspective and not in terms of a thriller. But I feel like it pieced where I feel like it worked Mm -hmm. in terms of the story, though I wasn't exactly Mm -hmm particularly interested in it in terms of keeping me going and wondering what was going on like there wasn't a time where i was playing it and i was like well that theory ran out the window what the hell's going on so that was like i guess i enjoyed that one because it kind of kept me on my toes though you said i was incorrect so now i'm just (laughs) at the point where i was like well i don't even know what i played so this whole thing was the whole thing was just a mess but yeah in terms of that it does it i feel like it flowed well uh aside from the whole 80 million years of me running through a forest trying to get to point A to B. <laughs> That's a rough but estimate. It's what it felt like. Uh, <laughs> but aside from that, in terms of story, like I can't really complain. I just wish that I got like, I don't know. I perceived the writing as something else. So I'm just going to throw away that piece of paper that I have scribbled up stuff on. And <laughs> well, wait, yeah, we'll just I advance mean, with the podcast. <laughs> There, there are certain interpretations that the game probably allows. So, so don't throw away all your notes yet if, if you're serious about that. But uh, also, why are you writing on paper? It's 2017. We, we <laughs> everything, also, everything's in the cloud. <laughs> uh, we, we also don't know if Mark is correct. So you might, you might be able to prove him wrong here. You know, we'll, yeah, we'll I, see. I don't know. No, he's I'm freaking. Not, he's buddy buddy with the writers. What are you talking about? He knows. He gets like a secret credit as a different name. He's not even Mark. He's like John Cena or Nobody something. Like, John Cena on? in the credits for Alan Wake. <laughs> That's how they snuck the in. Well, who's sad to it, you know? The one wrestling fan in the podcast is like, oh! I don't know if you guys know this about... Um, the, so the main antagonist, Bar- Barbara Jagger. Um, I don't know if that name sounds familiar to you guys at all, but it's... Maybe supposed to, although it's it's a bit esoteric. It it's named after Baba Yaga, which is that Slavic folklore like witch character. Uh, Tomb Raider: The Rise of the Tomb Raider actually did DLC featuring that same character. That's where um, I've heard that name. I knew it. Yeah, I haven't even so, played the DLC. I'm just waiting for that yeah. playlist. <laughs> yeah. So Bar- Barbara Jagger. It's 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 kind of a, a clever little nod. Um, I'm not too familiar with that folk tale to know like how much they brush up against each other, but I know at least in name that that was, that was um, a deliberate move by them. Um, I think that's pretty cool. And there, there is, there's so much lore to, to dive into that. A lot of that talks going on in the forums and a, a lot of people actually kind of like you will, uh, they had ideas. I, I can't totally discredit, but I'm, uh, I just hadn't thought of previously one, uh, I should have brought up his or her name, but one, one person suggested that maybe Thomas Zane is Alan Wake's father. Um, I don't, well, that would have been heartbreaking. <laughs> I don't see any concrete evidence. Into they that. just want to have a star Wars moment. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. They just wanted their Luke Skywalker <laughs> moment, I guess. It but. was, it was baby beta sig X 20. Okay. He, he, um, I think that's 
uh, a male gamer. I'll say he, it might be he or she, but, um, did you just assume it's gender? Oh God. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, uh, yeah. Beta seg actually had a lot of good things to say. Uh, but I, I never, yeah. In terms of the, the, the father angle, I never picked up on that anywhere. And I don't think the game was trying to say that. Is, am I after eight playthroughs missing something? Did you guys see that anywhere or? Uh, no. And I'm not sure. Well, my interpretation of what he said was just that here are here are just, you know, random things that could feasibly be true simply because there's not something that expressly disproves them. And his point is that there's a lot of different interpretations and interesting discussions that you can have about mm-hmm. this game. So I I'd be interested to hear if he actually thinks there's some evidence to back that up. In my one playthrough, I didn't see any, but you know, th- like I said, there's nothing that says that that isn't true. And it, it's certainly an interesting concept. Did they even mention Alan's father in the game? Not much. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, they mentioned the mother when he talks about his story of the clicker, but then later, even that gets distorted in like, the blurred lines of reality and fiction because then we don't know if Thomas Zane wrote the clicker into the story for Alan or if Thomas Zane ever even existed at all. It's, it's true that after so many playthroughs, I'm still pretty confused um, with some things. I think some things I, I, I hope some things I I get (laughs) and I understand um, at least the most out of the three of us with you guys being so new to it. There's another good comment from beta sig on, on on that sort of note. He said, uh, playing through it again with a better understanding of the story, you get a lot more out of it. You don't dismiss the crazy people in the diner quite so quickly. You look for the little clues that will become important later on. I think if you play through this game just once, you're missing a lot of depth of the story. When the second time through, you get a much deeper understanding of the story and the mystery. I think that's probably part of why I loved it, because I did love it on the first time through. But like a lot of my favorite media, just in any medium, sort of has that quality to it, where you it requires a second viewing or a second reading or another playthrough or mm-hmm. whatever. And I think that's definitely one of the like the chief characteristics of Alan Wake as well. So if, if you, maybe if Will's hating it so much, he just needs to play it again for another 10 hours. Maybe that's what he's. Why would I do that? Uh, yeah, I think I think that would be that would be helpful. Yeah. And this time find all the collectibles because <laughs> those were fun. I just. Yeah, because that brought so much death. Well, hey, yeah, I guess uh, Actually, we we can talk about this a little bit because they really did bring some of the death. I normally hate collectibles. I talk really, about the damn coffee things. I, I, well, no, but <laughs> yeah, all the other ones. ones. <laughs> well, not the cans either. Oh, okay. They were, no, look. see, there were other ones. I yeah, didn't even know. See, no, there were, and there. Well, there were the manuscripts. I'm sure you saw those. I don't know if you read them, but I thought oh, those were man, a no. really really cool idea because when you pick up the manuscripts you can read them and they're pages that alan wake has written and since he writes his own reality basically here some of them will talk about what has happened what's happening somewhere else what's happening in the future so they were really closely tied to the story and while you didn't expressly need to you know read them to enjoy the story they really Mm -hmm. added a lot of depth to it and i thought that was fantastic also the tv shows and radio were also collectibles and i thought those were really good too i didn't like the tv shows quite as much but the radio i really liked just to you know hear what the regular people in the town were thinking about you know what was going on as alan's going through these like harrowing awful experiences so Uh you know i thought that to the extent that the collectibles tied to the story it worked really really well the story is frankly a lot better because those collectibles are there 
Yeah, we we have a bunch of um, feedback on collectibles because it's you know if if story is the main appeal to this game, collectibles are, are one of the things that a lot of people come away feeling. I would say I would say divided on, but even then, it's. I think a lot of people just get so burnt out by just how many different things are, are tracking your tracking your numbers of how many of them you've acquired. Basically, there's because there are several. Even the like you mentioned, the can pyramids. That's that's one that can go totally unnoticed by some people, um, and those ones add nothing. But yeah, I think for the most part, <laughs> I think for the most part, they're they're actually pretty cool. Um, I wanted to read a couple here, and then we'll hear Will's take on how he liked running around picking things up. <laughs> but um, we have so from Webhead Seven. He or she said, I know that tons of people hate collectibles just as a general rule, but if the coffee thermoses serve any purpose in this game, it's to draw you off the path and into the dark corners and make you take extra time before moving on, which causes more taken to spawn. Looking at them that way, they make the experience better. That's true. When I was playing through it this time, uh, I don't know if you guys ever noticed, but sometimes more taken would appear just because you took too long to, to advance to like the next checkpoint or whatever. If, if you if you take your time and just wander around the forest, they'll, they'll pop out periodically just, just to give you more headaches. But So that's one cool aspect of it. I actually, it actually made me wish, it made me wish that there was a mode where you could turn the, the uh, navigation marker off. I thought it would be cool to actually maybe get lost in the woods sometimes, but you always know like exactly where to go because your, your HUD's telling you. I feel like I got lost in the woods even with that there. It was so dark. Like, are you kidding me? I couldn't see like half the time. I had no idea what was going on. Like, oh, there's a rock in front of me. You must have been drunk when you played it, man. I did drink a martini, so yes. <laughs> but but I don't think that that was, that was the cause. I think it was the darkness. A- anyway, though, uh, Periodic RX also said the same kind of thing. He said, thermoses get you off the path in exploring. And, you know, when I read that, I, I did question, you know, is there any validity to that? And obviously you think there was a little bit, Mark, and... I don't really agree with that. Yeah, they do get you off the path exploring, but there's nothing to see there except for the collectibles themselves. There's not any really, really cool set pieces. I have pieces. a small theory about these things. <laughs> right. Is it possible that because this was an old, was originally an open world game and they had to minimize it, that they just kind of kept whatever in the smaller areas, like, limited. Because, you know, uh, when you see the dirt, some of the dirt is, like, lighter than others, so it's kind of directing you to your location. So do you think it was kind of intentionally like that, or no? I I think um, I think it's somewhere in between, because I, I think the decision to not make it open world happened before, like, those environments were put into the game, or at least, you know, they, they, had, they had, to their liking adequately scaled them down to 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 fit the game better once it was no longer open world but i do think they wanted to still have some open worldness feel to it even though it's not open world but because yeah, because if we're just running through the woods and you can only run on that path and like say the trees acted as like uh unbreakable walls like a lot of games have or, or, or like the invisible walls um then it would really feel linear so with the little bit of space they give you um yeah, it's it's Kevin has a good point. It's not like you can go off and see a lot of other exploring. I mean, sometimes you'll you'll find like some more historical markers, which which add to your your setting and the lore, and and those things are cool. But yeah, there's probably not too much to see. But um, but yeah, they do definitely spawn more taken, and there's like 400 collectibles. And actually, um, one of my favorite comments in in the forums, Hawkeye Barry 20. I think we already read from him, but he had some good stuff. Uh, 
He said, if you go three minutes without picking anything up, then you know you missed a collectible. <laughs> I thought that was pretty appropriate. <laughs> yeah. And she actually, uh, on the same uh, collectible sort of commentary, Shinizel said, I both loved and hated the way they did the collectibles. On one hand, the coffee thermoses serve absolutely no purpose whatsoever, which is very strong. And while the other collectibles are cool, it's annoying having to follow a guide. On the other hand, the collectibles are really awesome. The manuscript pages thing was really original. I had so much fun just watching the TV shows and listening to the radio shows. I don't want to cut in in case Will was about to jump back in, but I, the, the TV shows are one of the highlights of the whole experience for me. But I don't, maybe you guys aren't Twilight Zone fans, but I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan and it was cool to, to again, see them crib that sort of format. You know, I think they're deliberately campy. The lip sync was, was I, I, I think, deliberately out of sync with the, the audio of those Night Springs episodes. But whenever I happened upon one, I didn't leave until I watched the whole thing. I think there's what, like, six of them I think, I think there's maybe one per episode but yeah as corny as they are they they were so cool to, to watch that intro every time and hear the the narrator who's obviously pretending he's doing his best like rod serling impression and i don't know just so much of what i've said so far with the the twin peaks angle the the lost angle the twilight zone the sort of horror elements it's it's so much of like what makes up my media taste that I think that's why this game just clicks with me so much. And I could, I could see if, if you're not into those properties and if you're not into the setting and even when I moved to Oregon, I was like, Oh cool. I'm going to Alan Wake country. Like that's, <laughs> that was something I, I, I dwelled <laughs> on. I was like, Oh man, I can't wait to see all those small towns that, you know, look, looks like I shouldn't be there at nighttime. And, and they, they do exist. If you leave Portland or Seattle, like the rest of these two States up here, it's just a bunch of logging towns and um, lots of uh, sort of backwoodsy type type of people like that. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is if you're not me, <laughs> no, if you're, if you're not, if you're not into those properties, like I am, then the gameplay elements of it could definitely slow you down and, and disinterest you after a while. Cause it is pretty repetitive, I guess, in that way, as much as it hurts me to, to speak negatively. Science. It bestows immortality on those who advance it to elevate all of mankind. Newton, Einstein, Sagan, princes among men. But the price for such a legacy is steep indeed. In Night Springs. Tonight's episode, A Quantum Suicide. As far as the videos go, I, I didn't watch all of the TV shows because... I don't like horror or Twilight Zone for that matter. It's oh, uh, wow. it's just kind of kind of creepy, and especially the one that really set me off. I, I did watch the first few and I didn't enjoy them, but I watched them. And then I got to the one about sleep, and I was you know it was getting really late at night. I was kind of tired, and I was just thinking like, man. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go to sleep tonight if I watch this. I don't even <laughs> want to know what it's about. As soon as they said, like, let's talk about sleep. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to walk away from this right now. And then it's, of course, located <laughs> in a building that you don't leave for like five minutes. So it's just playing the entire time. And I'm like, just thinking, I'm just trying to get away from this thing. I don't want it. Was that, was that chapter five? Or I forget when that, that one was, appears. Is that when that you were with in the chapter, sheriff? I want to say four. It's where yeah, it's I think in it was the four building two. where you, you know, you use the boat to destroy the barn door to uh, okay. go to the farmhouse. Yeah, chapter which four, I think right is chapter after the four. concert. Everybody, yeah. everybody loves the concert. Yeah. Well, yeah, the concert is the best part of the game. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's the best part of the gameplay, I should say. So, hey, I was, I was oh. going to say, we never really let Will talk about the collectibles. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I forgot I was. Well, I wasn't going to say anything really extreme, honestly. Did you collect uh, the collectibles? Hell no. I got some of the manuscripts and like some of the thermoses, but I didn't want to go through the motions and going through all that. Usually when I play a game, I attempt to get through it first. And then if I so do enjoy it or if I have majority achievements, that's when I'll make the decision on whether I'll do the second run or not. And, you know, most likely I probably will with Alan Wake because, you know, I I feel like the manuscripts did add stuff. I just didn't read them. And honestly, I'm surprised you even read them, man, because you did this at like 2 a.m. in the morning. Just <laughs> well, I wouldn't be able to I, do that. I, I, I really the martinis, uh, man. They keep yeah, you awake. I, I really, really love those manuscripts. I thought they were really, really cool. So, yeah, I. I will say at the very end, I skipped like two or three of them, and I, I hate to admit that. It's, it's really crushing me. I saw the little exclamation marks next to them, like showing me that I hadn't listened to them, and I was thinking like, oh my god, they're just, they're just taunting me. <laughs> but other than that, I, you know, there's like almost a hundred of them in the normal playthrough that you can get, and I listened to over 90 of them. So yeah, I mean, oh. I, I thought that they really added a, a whole lot to the story, so I'm not sure we can really get into it on a podcast, but I, I think it'd be interesting to know like how much more understanding of the world that I actually gained from listening to those compared to you who didn't really listen to any of them and you know see if they were actually worth it because I feel like they were but you know obviously the game needs to stand alone and you know it sounds like you know you at least have a general understanding of the game so how much did they really matter I'm not sure maybe I'm putting more importance on them than there actually is it's one of those things where it's like it appeals to those fans who are more like Mark who they really liked the game and they played through it multiple times. So like it adds additional, like there's additional value. And and he was referring to it with mediums, any medium that you get a part of where they just have subtle things. You're like, I would have never thought of that. And you rewatch it. You're like, holy crap, that's so cool. It's one of those things that I can appreciate it in terms of that. I guess I just didn't do it because I didn't focus too much on Alan Wake. And plus I didn't really binge through the game. I kind of took my time and played it like organically. When I kind of wanted to until it was like, hey, guys, Mark's like, come on, guys. Did you finish the game? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I wasn't rushing. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry, dad. Like, but no, like, it's just we it's have one a of podcast those tomorrow. You should probably play this game. <laughs> like, come on. Wake up like, wait, I'm part of a podcast. Like, What's what going is, on? Yeah, I, I had until like next year to get this done. No, anyway. yeah, no, hey, as far as that goes, better late than never is a policy that, mm-hmm. you know, at least works enough for the show so it's yeah, fine I was, I was never yeah. rushing you guys I, yeah, I don't, I, you know we all have stuff going on outside of playing the seven-year-old game <laughs> especially yeah, in the of course, case of where he was like no. kind of dragging his feet but <laughs> obviously not too much since i dedicated my whole friday night to it but... <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> maybe i want there, a 10 out of 10 review with that <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe if we played it for eight hours over over a friday day maybe there are harsh truths we have to admit to ourselves uh, in our in our own social lives but <laughs> well, at least i got a different experience than most people so i can at least say that i'm surprised well, you even slept after that i, sl- I think it's <laughs> sorry <laughs> i slept for like four hours because i had to wake up and play more <laughs> I wasn't done. Um, see? i did set my alarm for 7 a.m i was like oh crap i gotta do this don't i yeah <laughs> That's why I thought as soon as I woke up, I'm like, oh, God, I never want to play this game again. But <laughs> once, once TV, I he's actually like, oh, got up, it. you know, it was it was good. So, you know, don't, don't get me yeah. wrong. If anybody's thinking about playing Alan Wake all at once, it's it's not a bad experience. It, it's, <laughs> it's rather pleasant. I, I, you know, it's it's OK. 
we've talked a whole bunch about story. We haven't done that much on gameplay, but I think we're all kind of in unison on the gameplay where it was terrible. You, you shine the light okay. in your shoe. <laughs> Never mind. I don't, I don't think it's terrible. I, I, I think it's I think it's serviceable and not the highlight and was was not intended to be the highlight. So I'm okay with it. I, I just want to say this: this game has some serious issues in terms of people in darkness. The what was the girl's name? His wife, Alice. Alice. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. I should know. It's imprinted in my head. Freaking Alice is scared of the dark, and she's a grown woman. She needs help. <laughs> well, it's called. I think it's called nyctophobia, and anybody can be I mean, afflicted. Sounds like extreme word, but here I am defending it. Now so you made me sound insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna crawl up in the ball and cry for being not PC. <laughs> on, on the subject of Alice, I do. I do wish he was a bit more fleshed out. We we hear and read some of those things in the in the manuscripts that she was kind of a great defender of Alan, even when he was a drunk a-hole to her and kind of just generally grumpy a lot. Like she, she brought him there as she brought, you know, she brought him to Bright Falls. Sure. Under the illusion of vacation where she secretly wanted to get him help from Dr. Hartman and maybe break through his writer's block. But it seemed like she, she put him first in a lot of ways and he didn't do the same. He did the same when it mattered, like through the rest of the game. But up to that point, he was maybe taking her for granted. And yet, despite that characterization, I do wish they gave her more because sometimes she does just feel like a damsel in distress, which is one of the most like overplayed tropes in pretty much any meat medium but especially video games i think i'm actually playing another one right now that i can't mention by name because it's under embargo but but uh <laughs> i guess in terms of alice or alan or even barry wheeler who's like the comic relief do do either of you have any before we move on to some other areas do either of you have any sort of lasting impressions about any of those people even even the villains oh, the- let, let me take this one for storm oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be real. Everybody can hate me. I'll take a thumbs down now. Alan was so bland in my opinion. There <laughs> yep. was nothing enough to keep me attention. He, he I, I hated. Oh my god! And then every time he started to do his little narrator voice, I knew that I needed to go to Alice. Listen, no, shut up. It's like nails to a chalkboard. I had no interest in. <laughs> now, now Barry. Even though they tried to make him look like a New Yorker, which I take offense to because we don't wear puffy coats like that. But whatever. What's that, Al? I'm Alan Wake. I'm always right about everything. And if I don't get my way, I'll sulk all day long. I'm always intense and moody. It makes me very attractive and mysterious. Right now, I'm just standing here because I need my best friend Barry to carry me. But that's okay. I can just take him for granted. I think I see what you did there. <laughs> I liked him. He, 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 he's one dimensional, right? But he has these little rants and he, especially there's moments where he had the little headlamp thing and he was like, I want one. He's like, sorry, Al, it's mine. It's like, I don't know. I found him charming in that sense. Yeah. Aside from Alice being that little scared woman. And again, I'm insensitive. I'm sorry. She's all right. I guess I'm on mark in terms of maybe if we gave her a little more time, if we would have saw something from her eyes, what would have been interesting. And I always wanted it was to do like a scene where we played through her eyes and got a little bit of backstory, but I guess they kind of covered that with the manuscript and honestly, it wouldn't really attach well, but I wanted that, but that's just me. But yeah, yeah she totally was a damsel. Yeah. It, um, we, we do, you know, and we get those, those couple scenes in their New York apartment as well, but even there, it's like, she's like his sidekick all the time when really she was, she was holding it down. The, yeah. Besides her crippling fear of the dark, she was, she seemed like a, a, a positive influence in Alan's life. And um, I definitely didn't hate Alan like you guys did. I admit that I I have this sort of trend in my in my own sort of consumption of, of different um, stories in my life where if I really love 
the property and, and the story itself. I kind of just love Get past the, the it. protagonist by just just by association with that property. You know, like my favorite character on Lost is Jack. A lot of people hate Jack. But for me, it's like it's like like if I love Lost, the story is about this that person more than any of the other. So I have to love that guy too. And same with Alan Wake, where it's you know, I mean, even the damn game is named after him. It's just his name in the title. Like, yeah. Oh, sorry, just egotistical. <laughs> I gotta bleep that later. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I just I, I admit I might be blind to it, but it, it's just for me, as I so do love the the game Alan Wake. I, I thus just in association at least appreciate or, or like, if not love the character Alan Wake as well. Um, cause, and, and then I also do love, I love anything that's about like a regular person going through extraordinary events, which Alan Wake covers that. Cause he's just some, some, uh, a whole writer. <laughs> Kevin, tell us your opinions on little old Alan. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I just thought, you know, if I met Alan in real life, we wouldn't be friends. This dude is, you know, self-centered <laughs> and egotistical, and he's just generally, I don't know, I think completely unlikable. But, you know. Actually, uh, that's what I was going to say. So I didn't like him. I, I did like some of the other characters. I even liked Alice. I liked how they made it seem like you couldn't tell if their marriage with her was actually working out or not. So that added a little bit of depth to her. Though I do agree. I wish she would have been more fleshed out. Barry was a great character, like Will said, and he's comedic relief, but it worked really well. And he was always funny. He always lightened the mood. He didn't He didn't say anything in the forums, but one of our our co-writers on staff, uh, Chewy on Ice, whose real first name, I don't think, I think I'm sworn to secrecy regarding, so I don't even say it publicly, <laughs> unless we're in like the staff I, forums. I'm not sworn to secrecy. I'll just... Don't, uh, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> you don't know the, you don't know the <laughs> reputations. I don't even know these people, so this is me out of my business. Well, Chewy on site, um, yeah, he, he didn't say anything in the forum specifically, but I, I, I do recall that he... Unless I'm weirdly mistaken, I'm pretty sure he has a huge adoration for for Barry as just the, the goofball comic relief. Who I guess, yeah, probably never outgrows that role. Um, but again, even he is like another great defender of Alan. You know, it, it seems like Alan's got all these positive influences in, in his life, and so many people are like unconditionally in his corner. Like mm-hmm. even, even when Barry's telling him, he's like, "Ow." You know, he always calls him Al. He's like, Al, you sound like a madman. Like, none of this is happening. And then, you know, obviously he quickly grows to believe it because it's right in front of his face later on. But I guess now just sort of thinking out loud, Alan has all of these positive influences in his life. And he does kind of remain like just a grumpy guy in spite of that. And I could see why you guys don't like him. But that's what I was going to say earlier is that I, I also really like protagonists that are imperfect. Um, I don't know if imperfect has to mean unlikable. But again, I don't even know if I consider Alan unlikable, but I can, I can I can see where you guys are coming from, I guess is what I'm saying. Mark's the guy that goes to the movie and he's like, yeah, I want the guy who's going opposite of Rocky to win. That's it. <laughs> no, not that. No, so, no but that's can not we, <laughs> I want to talk about a different character in a second, but uh, the one character I do want to talk about is Nightingale, the FBI agent mm-hmm. who... I didn't really understand what his purpose was in the story. Uh, You know, he's just like angry. I think he feels like Alan Wake did something that Alan Wake didn't actually do. Or maybe he did do it. I don't know. He always called him by different names and like 
especially if you read the manuscripts, was always thinking about how he's about to shoot him and kill him. And obviously, <laughs> yeah. like, nearly killed innocent people multiple times trying to kill Alan Wake. <laughs> like, this dude is a complete psycho. And I don't really understand what his purpose was in the story. Uh, Hawkeye Barry, who we've already talked about, he had, you know, the same thoughts. He said Nightingale was the most misused. He had it out for Wake, hated him, almost killed him. Instead of developing him and his story, they played him off as a dumb, drunk fed who abused his power. I felt like they left a lot off the table. And, you know, I completely agree with that. I just feel like that character didn't serve a purpose. And there there was a character there, and it was an interesting one. But it, I don't see how the story actually benefited from him and i think he's probably the weakest character in the entire game even more so than alice unless i'm just missing something completely yeah i i don't think you're missing anything he is weird because we basically the characterization we get from him is like what you and uh in in beta six said where He's clearly got some alcoholism issues he's trying to work through, but he yet is still issued a firearm in his job. And yeah, they never they never quite explain why a federal agent is so hateful towards this novelist. The only maybe hint is that he constantly teases him by calling him, like you said, different last different names. All those names um, you probably noticed are. Just a bunch of different authors. He says like H.P. Lovecraft, and uh, oh, now I forget. He, he uses like a dozen of them throughout the game, and it's it's constantly a different one. James Joyce, for example, probably even Stephen King at one point. And I, you know, I, I guess you could theorize that maybe he like his his partner left him for a writer or something. I don't know. He's just got such a weird disdain for for, for novelists. And um, yeah, I guess they do a pretty <laughs> poor job of explaining that. Uh, what did you think, Will? Honestly, I thought he was just, I know, I'm pretty sure there was a purpose for him, though, honestly, he probably was <laughs> utilized to what they wanted to, but I also have my own theories in terms of it. Like, honestly, you have to bear with me. <laughs> I thought this whole thing wasn't real. I thought it was legitimately a nightmare, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm sticking with it because the whole thing was American Nightmare and the whole ending, and I don't know, mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out if it's a lake or an ocean, whatever, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> but, but what... Well, I thought in two ways. It had to have been a a developer or a writer, whoever p- played portion in the game, kind of just making that nod, just saying like he's that crazy person. Like they, we were gonna, there's always that one crazy person in any every game. I feel like I've played so far. <laughs> there's always one nut, and um, he's a town nut for that one. But the references going back to artists or uh, writers, shall I say, authors, whatever. The references to authors, uh, definitely was those kind of tips of the hats to and nods. And my second theory is that the fact that he was just there as a ploy, uh, kind of to stir up the pot. I feel like after each episode, that whole stir of the pot to get the player guessing what was going on was intentional. I mean, I still think that's what happened. Uh, the that, whole that concept it, for me. Wait, so you, none of it was real. Yeah, we might as well move on to the ending talk now before we get to the achievements. So what your theory was that I, I disagree with, but I, I think you're right that they still leave the door open for, unlike Kevin's theory, which was um, soon thereafter proven false, where he thought the kidnapper mm-hmm. was Thomas Zane. I think we can safely say that's simply not true. I so, did like the theory, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I liked I liked it because I knew that it was false, and it was funny to, to watch him uh, go through that like live in the chat for us. But uh, So what you think is that none of it happened, and, and thus – so 
it's in Alan's head or it's in Thomas Zane's head or, or I think it's in Alan's head. Uh, I'm not, I thought it was just a glimpse inside of a writer's head. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff going on there. And kind of that point where you like the whole story where he goes because he needs to get away and Mm -hmm. whatnot. Like I thought that was just kind of him being obsessed with his work Mm -hmm. and it's just his subconscious that's playing into it. Like I presumed it just became a dream because of the fact that, it looked it just everything just started feeling a little too weird as it progressed. And, you know, as somebody who uses writing as a platform in his profession, I'm referring to myself in a third person because I'm crazy. But <laughs> I understand, like, I can totally see where that became a mixture of his fears, all of the pressure he has and the anxiety that's hitting him in a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Like the whole idea of him needing to write a new book because he hasn't written a bestseller in a while. Mm-hmm. That's that's where it was real and then everything else just was a dream and then it didn't help with the whole alice saying alan wake up it's a nightmare and i'm like okay well if i'm right i'm right but if i'm wrong i give up because you know, <laughs> i don't know what's going on here well yeah so at the end you mean i think that's how chapter six or episode six starts is is when she says you just had a nightmare so that that part we know um after it was just the dark presence, like manipulating his mind. But having yeah. said having said that, you're actually giving me a lot to think about, even as someone who's played it so many times, because the story sort of checks out with what you just said. And I, I, I don't, that's, I don't think mind that's, blown. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the case. Um, uh-huh. And I guess I don't hope that's the case. And maybe that's why I don't think that's the case because so many other stories have done the he was crazy the whole time like storyline you know like pretty pretty much any mystery laden show as it's developing like you'll always hear those fan theories on 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 forums across the internet like oh what if this person's crazy and again that was another theory for lost as lost went along like oh what if it's all in hurley's head and um that didn't pan out there but i i think like a lot of the the symbolism that you're commenting on and, and a lot of um just the way the story's framed as if it's real life, but what it could actually mean in what we don't see as his real life. It, it, I don't know, it kind of checks all the boxes and it'd be interesting to, to sort of re-examine all the evidence. Uh, may, maybe now I need to play it again <laughs> somehow. So after, it's after like ninth play- time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, after eight playthroughs, I'm, I find myself having to play it again, apparently. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't it, but... It if it was like aimed again, like kind of with the whole officer thing, which may I'm pretty sure it's not true. But if it's just a tip of the hat to those who actually write or anything along those lines, that's pretty clever. And that would make me appreciate the game so much more just because of the fact that, you know, things like that where you get to see something from someone's perspective and you, you start to feel sympathy for the character and empathy. And you're like, oh, wow, I could see where this like if this was me, I, I could totally relate. I, I appreciate that way more than just what it was because I, 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 I'm waiting for someone to tell me and I, I'm pretty sure there's no clear cut answer unless they developers or writers just blatantly say it. What happened at the end? Yeah. I, you know, and so we get we get more of an idea. Well, we get more story progression, at least at the end of the DLC. There's two DLC episodes and they are free for you or anybody who played along who hasn't played those yet. They they add more to the story, but I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now that the second DLC, I mean, even, you know, the first one does and then even the second one does and on another cliffhanger. It's not, you're not going to get any sort of resolution from there. You'll get more mm-hmm. progression from those. Um, and then for people who are in the know or maybe already played it, uh, 
you know, they did the the Xbox Live Arcade sort of semi-sequel where it, it mm-hmm. continues the story even more in another weird way where they deal with one of the... Th- one of the strangest parts of the whole game to me, which is like your doppelganger at the end. Do you remember that guy that looks like you? That Yeah, what the hell was that? <laughs> Thomas Zane refers to as as Mr. Scratch. Well, he just says Mr. Why was he so why was he so smiley? Yeah, he's he's really weird. In I, I guess I shouldn't spoil American Nightmare just in case. Um I I, I know you guys haven't played it, but they, <laughs> they do delve a lot further into like the Mr. Scratch storyline and why Alan has a doppelganger while he's apparently trapped in the dark place and yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to spoil it, but if if you're curious or if, or if people listening are curious for more story, definitely play the DLCs and definitely play the the XBLA like semi sequel. My thoughts on the <laughs> ending were best said, I think, by FFX Brotherhood on the forums. And he said that, you know, the story starts with Alan telling us in a horror story, there can be no how or why, because when something loses its mystery, it's less interesting. And so, you know, he says that even with the DLC there's still mystery there. And I really think that that's how I see the game as well. I really like how there's a lot of open-ended questions. You know, as soon as I finished the game, I started looking on the internet to see, you know, what did I miss? What do other people think about this ending and how does it work with my understanding of it? And of course there's tons and tons of different, you know, interpretations of it. And that's what I really, really liked about this story. I thought it was perfect. I don't, honestly know if it needs a sequel or even if it had one if that sequel would be any good Uh, i mean i'm sure Mm -hmm. from a gameplay and just general game perspective it would be a good game but you know whether or not alan wake as a story needs a sequel i don't think that it does i think that you know all those open stories who was thomas saying really and you know how is he affecting alan who is this doppelganger who is or you know is alan even really under the ocean in a cloud of darkness or is he just dreaming none of that stuff yeah. we can answer and that's what makes it interesting and it's great to be able to just have those you know conversations i think that the story is stronger because it didn't answer anything because that's the type of story they were trying to tell so i i don't know if i have you know something that I just believe this is the way it is because looking at it, I don't know. And that's what I really like about it. I almost, I almost wish we could just say cut right there because that that's probably a great ending to the conversation. On that note, I do want to say that I sort of agree where, because I don't mind ambiguous endings in anything like that often i think a bunch of my favorite movies all end with weird endings in that same sort of way but i do think originally remedy i mean we know remedy had more plan because they've always talked about wanting to do it and getting the timing right and they even had a prototype which was later revealed via polygon i think sometime last year or two years ago where we got to see some of the the very early like alpha footage of what alan wake 2 would have looked like so i though we know there was intended to be more at one time more recently Remedy's been talking as if that's not going to happen, or if it does happen, it's not in production right now because they've actually got two games in the works right now, and they've already promised, much to the dismay of many, that neither of them is Alan Wake 2. Although they also weirdly said that they have plans for that that don't include video games, so I'm wondering if they're just going to do a full-on TV show or if they're going to do a tie-in comic or, or some some other. They might just bring Alan Wake and, and all of that lore over to, to some other medium, perhaps. I, I agree with you in, in FFX Brotherhood, where despite 
knowing that Alan Wake 2 was originally intended, and, and despite writing recently a, an editorial for, for True Achievements about how I hate sequelization, I, I did want one in this one. In this case, I do see the merits of just leaving leaving it as is and being comfortable with those with those mysteries forever remaining unanswered. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess I guess I'm not opposed to that if that's if that's what world we now live in. <laughs> there were a few things that really bothered me about this, and I know Mark is really story centric when he plays games, but I'm almost the complete opposite. Like I said, I don't even usually watch cutscenes. I'm all about the gameplay 99% of the time. If I want a story. I'll go to a different medium. Most games aren't good, but, (laughs) (laughs) but Alan Wake, I, I don't think the gameplay was very strong and I really was expecting more from it, especially having played quantum break first, which I thought was really, really good in the gameplay sector, as well as the story. Alan Wake, you could tell it was made first. It just didn't work for me. There are a few really serious issues. One, Alan Wake always runs out of breath really fast. I don't care that he's not fit. (laughs) I don't care if there's a story, rational reason why this writer isn't a super soldier. He should have been anyway. That's that's all there is to it. That's perfect. <laughs> There's also even worse than that. Don't you think? Don't you think if he was out running all the Taken, there'd be like no suspense to it, or do you do you then just envision maybe setting up different combat scenarios? I guess if we give him more stamina, you know, it's not directly a horror game, but in a, in it has horror elements to it, and in a horror game. There, there's no, there's no fun in feeling empowered, you know. Like, like those games, fear. Those never, those never interested me because, yeah, you're like fighting monsters and ghosts and stuff, but you're like loaded to the teeth with, with all these firearms and all the, all these weapons. Whereas, you know, a good horror game leaves you with like just enough, or sometimes not even enough, and to get by, and, and you're constantly on the run. And that's sort of one horror element that Alan Wake incorporates, where, the, yeah, the dude can't even run 50 yards before he's huffing and puffing. I, I thought it worked because otherwise the, the Taken aren't going to close the gap on you and then there's no suspense there, especially when you play a nightmare mode and you really don't have enough ammo to defeat everybody. And a lot of times you are just running away. You know, for me, I, I definitely appreciate that. And that's obviously why. But one, that's only when you're in combat. They could have added, you know, infinite sprint while you're just running around in the daytime and there's no enemies. It's still Alan Wake runs out of energy and you're just slowly walking <laughs> to your destination for no yeah, reason yeah. at all. So that's that's really where I have the issue with it. As far as the combat goes, I do think that... You know, unfortunately, it's very easy to run away from enemies in that game once you learn how to do it, where you just turn around and flash enemies with your flashlight to stun mm-hmm. them and then run away some more. That's what the walkthrough suggested you do, and it really works pretty much always. Uh, that ties into, I think, another issue I had with the serious lack of enemy variety and the fact that you can deal with practically every situation in the exact same way, i.e. running past it. You don't have to really fight almost anything in the game, and when you do fight it, it's all the exact same thing with just various different amounts of health and damage the enemies just run at you until you blow their shadows off and then you kill them that's that's all you do and i was really hoping that there'd be more interesting enemies like the really fast guys which you know show up in episode one and i was thinking like great i hope we see more and more of these types of enemies but you don't the fast guys are like the only unique enemy in the entire game so mm-hmm. i i really wanted to see more than that yeah that the the enemy variety is one thing that they did improve upon in alan wake's american nightmare the the xbla as, as i've called it the semi-sequel <laughs> the 
perhaps last uh, installment we'll ever get into the series at this point, seven years later, <laughs> still without a sequel. But like we said, maybe maybe it's best that way. Um, and then and then last thing for gameplay, there's two people that I really thought said things that spoke with me about it from the forums. One was Beta Sig X20. He said that he didn't like how all, he, he he really speaks to me. I think <laughs> he created the game. Our fourth co-host <laughs> this month. Yeah, him and Hawkeye Barry, who I also quoted like a thousand times in my little notes here. <laughs> all right. So, you know, he said that he didn't like how all your weapons and ammo get taken away from pretty much every single cutscene. I understand why they do this, but it's really dumb. And it's so frustrating to, you know, normally I'm a player where I'm conservative with all of my, you know, useful tools, you know, just in case I need them. So to constantly lose them is just really annoying. And I didn't like that. I, you know, eventually I learned like, oh, look, a one taken. I don't want to bother with him. Let me fire a flare gun at him for no reason because I don't have anything else to do with it anyway. But the fact that that's even something that crosses my mind, I just don't like it. I wish that they would have let your inventory carry through and then been a little more frugal with everything so that you really had to decide, you know, this is the time I want to use this item. For that, I would say play nightmare mode and you, you won't have enough of anything ever. And then it might it might add an element to it that uh, that you think is lacking now, which I mean, rightfully so. It's normal mode. That's, you know, they developers create normal difficulty because that's like the baseline that they expect most people to play. So they probably should have worked that out better in normal mode as well. But nightmare mode, if 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 either of you is going to play it again, um, pretty much all they do everything's multiplied by three so like the big taken that take four revolver shots will now take 12 which you know that's that's oh no yeah (laughs) like the chainsaw guys that that already take like six or eight will now take like 24 like it's 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 wild it it goes way up maybe it's six to 18 i think but yeah basically everything's just multiplied by three i've noticed which means hard modes probably doubles I, i never played hards but i'm guessing that's how it works I do plan on playing Nightmare, and I've heard that, so I'm hoping that that fixes that concern. The last person I want to talk about is Tassadar Leet. He says there are a couple awkward parts, but a lot of it was down to the controls, which were, in my opinion, very clumsy and cumbersome. And he pointed out numerous times he just fell to his death getting stuck on whatever. I had the exact same experience, and that was really frustrating. It just seemed like there were just issues kind of moving around and I haven't played the DLC yet, but I heard that there's platforming in that, you know, quite a lot of it, which sounds just really great. I can't wait for that. And <laughs> you know, yeah, it, was, it was really out of place. And so, you know, that kind of thing. If you're going to put stuff in the game that encourages platforming, you need to make sure that it works really well. And in this game, it doesn't. And that makes the gameplay a lot worse. So they should have just avoided it completely, in my opinion. Yeah, I I totally agree with you there. The the jump button probably didn't even need to exist. The few times they need us climbing things, they could have just had like a a, a ledge climb type of mechanic where the the game recognizes that you're trying to climb up something. Because the the jump in the way it's so freeform, you just kind of like float around. It doesn't look natural. It it doesn't feel intuitive. And yeah, it puts you at risk for, for screwing up pretty often i agree i agree with all of those complaints every time i I read them or or hear them (laughs) will any last comments on gameplay before we move on to achievements just letting you know i didn't have a problem with the jump button and that's it oh weird (laughs) i literally didn't like i didn't fall everything was so streamlined you know i didn't have an issue Hmm. 
I jumped a bunch. <laughs> I jumped one of those, I, I jumped one uh, crossing bridges and whatnot, and it's like, oh look, these sons of suckers are attacking me with damn things like the poltergeist, and I'm like, well, you're not gonna hit me because I'm the Flash, and you know, <laughs> blocked it. But yeah, no, I never really run into a situation. The flashlight, yeah, exactly. You get two bells in the morning, and then you'll be nice and calm all day long. Oh, you get three bells in the evening. All right, with that, uh, with all that said, I guess it's time to move on to what we're known for doing best on True Achievements, which is talking about the achievements. So for April 2017, we had almost 800. Well, we're not even through the month yet. So by the end of the month, we'll have we'll have had over 800 people participating in playlists for the first month. I say that sort of in quotes because I bet some people probably come to the site and just do different things that they don't even know playlists is going on. They just happen to be playing Alan Wake. But still, a lot of, a lot of people um, <laughs> jumped in and, and joined us for the first month. So that's pretty cool. As of, as of time of recording, we had 789 gamers being tracked according to achievements being popped within April. So that doesn't include the, the people like me who had already had every achievement, but still jumped jumped in and replayed and, and submitted videos or um, submitted comments. Yeah, we can call it about 800 people. Um, those 800 people contributed for 10,824 achievements, which was good for almost 200,000 gamer score, 100, 194,565. And translated to our proprietary TA score, it was almost 300,000 at 279,184. So Awesome first month. Um, again, even 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 if we assume half of those people are, were just going to play Alan Wake anyways, that's still that's still a great first month. Um, you know, I, I love the feedback that we got. Uh, did either of you have any anything of note regarding the achievement list, or, or I didn't even see what you guys scored in it. I'm I'm sitting at I think 65 out of 65. Not a lot. <laughs> Uh, nah, I'm, I'm about halfway done. I'm at 26 out of 50. That's excluding the uh, DLC. Right, yeah. Those, uh, those each add like seven or eight. So I can't complain in terms of it. I didn't really focus on the achievements. I'm not that achievement guy. Yeah. If you ever watch any of my first impressions, you know it. I'm like, I popped two out of an hour. And everybody's like, what the hell is Brom? But <laughs> there's some that kind of got me pissed off because I felt like I shot enough people with the shotgun mm -hmm. and uh, hunting rifle. But that's whatever. I mean, a lot of the times, maybe because I played on normal, I was like, oh, I'm going to kill every single one of you suckers. And the, my main thing was just like whatever that was automatically there, which was the pistol. So I just kind of, mm -hmm. that was my bad boy. And and Kevin can definitely vouch for that when we played Sniper Elite. So I, I am pistol guy. That's me. I like the pistol too. As far as my achievements goes, I got like one gamer score for every collectible I found. So that's like 710. Uh, so 40 out of 67 achievements, finding all the collectibles but one, which is great. I do plan on finishing this, but you know, overall, I felt like the achievement list was pretty good. There wasn't a lot of really really obnoxious things that you had to do it was mostly you know find the collectibles which is awful but you know expected and uh, <laughs> so other I did than it. that you know a lot of it just seemed like it came naturally the mm -hmm. you know the speed running one and the don't fire a weapon one i didn't get either one of those because i was too slow and then i guess i hit my right trigger on accident <laughs> but you know i'll be sure to pick them up in my nightmare playthrough i mean overall it they didn't have any achievements that radically altered how I play the game anyway. So I enjoyed it for that reason. You know, I got to use a bunch of different things, but I wasn't sitting around doing stupid things. I wasn't grinding. So good list in my opinion. And 
I'll be finishing it. And I unlock zero of them because I already had all of them from years Noob. ago at this point. <laughs> no, I had them all. That's the opposite. Um, so pro, <laughs> so MLG. I did want to mention, though, um, there's a few more stats that, that we had. Among the almost 800 people that played, it was the first time unlocking an achievement and thus likely the first time playing for 244 people started the game brand new this month, which probably gives us a closer indication of how many people jumped into it. But even then there were people that had it, you know, that popped an achievement here or there before and never went back to it. So, and then in addition to that, we had 24 people who completed it. I mean, they, they completed the, the whole list. So they, they joined the rank nice. of, of me. The complete, <laughs> of me. <laughs> the completion percentage, uh, the day before April began, which is when we began tracking stats, it was for the whole community in terms of the game, just base game, no DLC included. It was at 11.1% and um, it dropped about 3% uh, during the month of April so far with still a, a few more days to go. So um, so it might go above it yet. That's that's what I'm taking <laughs> from that. You guys need to start playing and uh, you know, <laughs> binge. really make sure that we get through all of this. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, so yeah, it definitely looks like people, people were excited to join in with us. I think it was a great first month. I think it was uh, an appropriate first game with it being an Xbox focused site. We thus had an Xbox 360 exclusive that is mostly revered by fans as kind of a cult classic. And then, you know, there's there's there are certain gripes that I think are universal. There are others that that just simply didn't like the game no matter what, like Will. <laughs> um, Sorry. Most, no, no worries. That, that's going to happen when every month, you know, I if we liked every game every month, I would I would quit the show very soon. Uh, so it's it's good to have a, a range of opinions. Yeah, just I guess as my own final thoughts, it was fun to play it again for the first time in a long time, despite the fact that it was maybe my eighth playthrough. I think my seventh one came about three or four years ago. So it'd been a long time for me. And uh some of the later parts in the game I, I had forgotten about and it all comes rushing back to me as I played it and it was cool to revisit that. So I would love a sequel. I also, at this point, I'm sort of going through the stages of grief and, and approaching acceptance that we might never get that sequel. And I'm just <laughs> glad that it happened. <laughs> any any closing thoughts from you guys? Yeah, I think overall that this game, it really sat well with me. There were some lingering issues with it and it wasn't everything I hoped it would be. Quantum Break is the better Remedy game, in my opinion, for sure. So I kind of wish I had played this one first. But this one had a lot to offer. I did really enjoy it. It's not the type of game I would normally play. Usually anything with any kind of horror tendency at all, I stay yes, as far away from as possible. And so this is a brief interjection here, which is why I'm very excited for October when we do our horror month of playlist. And any of the four games that we put up for the poll that month on, on True Achievements um, is probably going to be one that Kevin hasn't played and probably would never play. And yeah. except we're going to make him do it that month. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna all play Costume Quest. It's going to be really scary and yes uh, <laughs> yeah, found the loophole. <laughs> so, anyway uh yeah you know i i thought the you know despite the i guess horror elements using that term loosely for all the fans of the genre i i really really enjoyed you know almost every moment with the game the gameplay wasn't great but it wasn't so bad that it stopped me from enjoying the rest of it certainly so you know this is a game i i can't say i loved it but i did really like it i would definitely play a sequel and i'm very glad i played this well all right there we <laughs> scrooge mcduck coming to the microphone <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
Listen, as awkward as my time with the game was, and I say it's awkward because I had different expectations, I don't think it necessarily was a bad game. Granted, the protagonist wasn't exactly my favorite, and honestly, I still don't know what happened. I, I still feel like a, a little a sense of pride that I did finish it and that I had uh, gotten through it when I thought initially I was going to just like, all right, well, I'm never going to play this game again in my life. And I, I will replay the game, though I think it got the ending it deserves. I don't think a second one is necessary. It's one of those things where it's like, uh, kind of like with movies, sometimes the first one's good enough. A sequel doesn't need to be there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I understand where there's that fanfare where it's almost a cult classic. I totally can understand that. I think it's great where it is. It's definitely a game worth experiencing. And honestly, had I not been a part of TA, I probably would have never finished the game to its <laughs> completion. But I'm very happy with the overall product at the end. Kevin said it best. I, I think qu playing Quantum Break kind of spoiled it for me and gave me a little bit of a higher expectation in terms of what it was. But the, to be fair, the game came out seven years ago. You know, stretching out a 720p image on a 4K screen kind of sucks. <laughs> so maybe if I approached it back in 2010 with what I know now, maybe I would have been one of those fans that loved it and considered it to be one of the best Xbox exclusives, if that's a thing. <laughs> so in short, you're saying five out of 10 needs more Batman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> We, I did put up a poll just yesterday. We only had a couple dozen replies so far. It's in the playlist hub if anyone else wants to go and vote before it expires at the end of the month. Um, I asked, as April comes to an end, let's hear your final opinions on the featured game, Alan Wake. Nobody so far has said they hated it. And hey, that's good. About 80% yeah, 80 <laughs> said they either loved it, which is the highest vote getter, or liked it. And 11% said they disliked it. 7.4% said other. I don't know what they meant because they didn't. Yeah, why was that an option? <laughs> I do that to cover my track in case someone's like, well, this needs another yeah, option because I feel this way. You just way. need I'm to like, shut those people down. Yeah, we just, <laughs> just say, no, you, you vote one of our choices, not your own. <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> yeah, with that said, I think, um, I think that concludes our first ever TA playlist. Um, golf clap, golf clap. <laughs> golf clap from Will. Um, <laughs> It was a lot of fun. I, I loved reading all the comments. I, I kept up on those boards every time. I, you know, I, I jumped into them a few times. I didn't want to, as as one of the co-hosts of the show, who was going to get ninety minutes to talk at length. I didn't want to jump in too much, um, but I did want to be a part of the conversation. It was it was cool to be in the forums with everybody who played along and wrote along and is now listening along. So yeah, hopefully we'll have a lot more of these. Hopefully you guys liked it. As for next month, the poll just ended. We are all going to find out what war is good for in Darksiders from Vigil Games. Kevin's the host on that go. one. I'm not calling dibs. I'll, I'll host that. I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah. You know, like just like Alan Wake, another game that came out in 2010 when I didn't play Xbox. And so great. You know, like, we can find out what it's all about. And they don't have a discontinued achievement on the Xbox One version anymore, so I can play it with decent Woo! graphics. It'll be nice. I never had the Xbox One edition, so now I'm screwed. I got to play the free games yeah, of gold. I'm, I'm specifically <laughs> buying it, so I don't have to do that. I'm going to pay $20 instead of using my free version. So that's, Oh, it's only $20? Yeah, that's I might said. just go on that, too. Yeah, see, it seems so much nicer. You know, I'll see it and be like, wow. <laughs> Microsoft, send us a check now. <laughs> this, this text is now in 1080. I don't even know if it's in 1080 it might not even be who knows it might be a half-ass port i have no idea i guess i'll find out so anyway i'm excited for it cool same so with that said yeah that concludes our first month thank you everybody for participating and we'll see you in may with darksiders 